The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we are three days into the NBA season, and there's already a lot that we can tell. For example, the Lakers were eliminated from the playoffs after their first two games. Mathematically eliminated. Sorry to say it, it is true. The Jazz dropped a nasty surprise for the Nuggets. The Pels blew the doors off of the Barclay Center. Jaw did a ton of jaw things. We'll get into all of that, of course, with a, along with some news from around the league because guess what? The NBA is back. So do me a favor, Nick, and drop that beat. Man, so much happened in the first three days of the season. It's going to be impossible to recap it all. So I'm going to just pop around the league a little bit. I'm going to highlight some of the things that really interested me. First and foremost, 27, 9, 5, and 2 blocks. 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, in 35 minutes of action. Do you have any idea who that stat line belongs to? If you said Embiid or Jokic, hell, even Zion coming back, no one would probably blink an eye. But that, folks, is what Paolo Bancaro put up in his first game as an NBA player. Sheesh! I tried to tell y'all he was much better than everybody else. Two things happened in their opener against Detroit. One was surprising, the other was not. Unsurprising thing is that Detroit was down big. The Orlando Magic blew a huge lead. Ended up losing the game outright by four. The exact line that Vegas set. Not shocking in the least. They're going to probably do that a lot. They look good. They fade late. They don't have a lot of talent. It's going to help them through. That's the way it goes. The surprising thing, despite... The heightened expectations, Paolo somehow exceeded him. I don't know. At times, the most dominant player on the floor. And that included on a team with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and all the other random lottery picks that the Orlando Magic have. He was 11 for 18 from the floor. 11 for 18? He was 10 for 15 in the paint where he pretty much did whatever the fuck he wanted. Shockingly good debut. Shocking even for me, who loves some Paolo Bancaro. 
With 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, Bancaro became just the third number one overall pick since 1969, nice, to record 25-5-5 in his debut. The others, LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He finished 11 of 18 shooting, like I said, which is the most made field goals by a rookie in his debut since, again, LeBron James in 2003. Interestingly, the day of the game, the New York Post dropped an article about Paolo's experiences as a student athlete at Duke, and it was illuminating. This is what he said. Sometimes I'd feel like, you know, you were a zoo animal or something bro. They would be like, oh God, in class, you'd see him over there whispering about you, like just straight up staring at you. First and foremost, that sucks. Secondly, though, how many times have I tried to tell you how big Paolo Bancaro is? Like unnaturally, perfectly proportioned and 6'10", 200 and something pounds. He is the biggest human I've ever seen. Like, in terms of pound for pound, proportionally, size-wise, I look at centers sometimes and I'm like, nope, that guy's not as big as Paolo Bencaro. Nope, that guy's not as big as Paolo Bencaro. So if I had Paolo Bencaro in my class, I'd be a little bit shocked, too. I'd be like, wow, how much do you think he can bench press? How much do you think he can deadlift? Also, you would think that at a certain point, though, things would get a little bit more normal. You'd get a little bit more chill. He's sitting two rows down from you you know, five five days a week or whatever. What class? You go, what do you go to school three days a week when you're in college, two days a week? I don't know. It's been a while. But it's kind of like what Zion hinted at about his experience at Duke where you're hyped and you're famous and you're, let's be honest, very different than the, the student body. How shall I say at Duke? You know, a lot of YTs at Duke, not a lot of Zions, not a lot of Paolos, just going to be honest. So, like, truthfully, kind of hard to not feel isolated and alone because, honestly, what do you have in common with some prep school kid from Connecticut who, when you're a 6'6", 6'8", 285-pound athletic freak who's on the cover of every magazine, or in Paolo's case, 6'10", and 285. Yeah, this is why Adam Silver's like, yep, you guys can go one and done. You don't need Duke. You don't need Kentucky. You don't need to be meeting some random fraternity or sorority girl that has you making TikToks and you're pointing at the sky with random, like, words next to it in order for you to get an NIL deal. No, you can just go right to the league right now. Let's be, let's be very, very clear. Paolo's putting up 25 a night regardless of going to Duke, regardless of Coach K. No hate on Coach K. That's a truth a lot of college coaches don't really want us to know. Paolo don't need Duke. Duke needs Paolo. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. 
You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy60. Moving on to Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Ooh, yikes. I was hoping for more. I'll just say that. <laughs> I was hoping for a competitive match. What a rough opening night. New Orleans Pelicans, a team that started, what, 1-13, and 2-21 last year? They went into Barclays, and they went to Poundtown. They just put the beat down on KD, Kyrie, and the rest of them boys, 130-108. to 108. Let me say that again. The New Orleans Pelicans that scraped their way into the plan, to be fair, the Brooklyn Nets did too, 130-108. Uh, to 108. This beatdown included being out-rebounded 61-39. Outscored 36-4 in second-chance points. Yeah, that'll get your ass beat. Yeah. Question, wasn't that why they brought in Ben Simmons? Defense, rebounding, playmaking. Turns out, not exactly going as smooth sailing as possible. It's almost like he hasn't played any basketball in a while. Steve Nash finally decided to tell us the truth in a random press conference because Lord knows we need a little truth from Steve Nash here and there. He said Ben was rusty. No shit, Steve. He hasn't played a game since July 2021. Yes. It is currently, checks notes, October 21st, 2022. Ben's line, four points, five rebounds, Five assists. This is like half of what Draymond Green averages in his career, but also what Draymond Green averaged in his first game back, too. So that's something interesting to think about. He was negative 26 for the game in a game that they lost by 22. So he was actually worse than everyone else. I don't think he's going to be that bad, let's be honest. I think he will figure things out. I'm more optimistic about Ben on this team than I am with him with Joel Embiid, and we'll talk about why a little bit later, not just because of the spacing, but because it turns out they really don't care about one another whatsoever. But the loss against the Pelicans probably had more to do with the fact that the shooters are nowhere to be seen. Seth Curry, out. Joe Harris, out. Both coming back from injuries. Ben's going to have to figure his shit out, though, if they want to go anywhere. There's a little bit more Ben T, though, a little bit more Ben news. So I'll add that into here. Uh, first and foremost, he told, I think, Nick Friedel. I'm not good at remembering which reporters people talk to, but I think it was Nick Friedel. He said he cannot wait to play a game in Philly. I don't believe that whatsoever. Didn't he skip out on just being on the sidelines for the game when he went back to Philly? You would know, Nick. You're from Philly-ish. No? No, Pittsburgh. My bad. My bad. Scrap that. In a sit-down interview with Ben Friedel, Ben also asked was asked whether he thought his relationship with Embiid would ever be good again. And he said, Who knows? I can't predict the future. Don't want to make my mind up and say it's not possible for anything to change. But I don't talk to Joe. We never really spoke. I don't think there was really a relationship there. Like in terms of a friendship, you can try as hard as you want to be close to somebody, be their friend, but everybody are different as people. So for me, it's never personal. I don't have any hang- anger or hate towards him. He is who he is. I am who I am. We've got our personal lives, and work is basketball. So in that moment, my goal was to win, and I've got to win with Joe. He's a great player. We just didn't get it done. 
pause. What? We never really spoke? I don't talk to Joe? To me, it's very normal for you to not be best friends with your coworkers. Yeah, maybe they don't come over for a 2K night or Call of Duty, you know, maximum point, whatever they call it. Kyler Murray's always staying up to do. But, okay, maybe you don't get grab beers after practice. Fine. Maybe you don't speak with each other when you change jobs and you go to a new organization. Totally fine. But to be cornerstones of a franchise where you may be there for the rest of your careers if the ownership group gets what they want and you not to be on speaking terms? I am not shocked that this thing didn't work out because boy, oh boy, is that telling. But maybe the most surprising thing actually this week that happened to Ben was Kyrie Irving passing down words of wisdom to Ben Simmons. Words that I feel are sort of like the pot calling the kettle black. Kyrie, when asked about his thoughts on Ben fouling out in just 23 minutes, is what he said. As we told him in the locker room, he's a valuable piece for us and we need him out there. And fouling out is not an option. Playing aggressive is something we want him to do, but we also want him to play smart. Let's be honest. That's an interesting take from a guy who, let's face it, is not very reliable or very available for very long stretches at a time for his entire career from Boston to now Brooklyn. Someone also just recently said that the Nets have a must-win game tonight in Game 2 against the Toronto Raptors. That is... That, folks, tells you Brooklyn's off to a hot start. Oh, boy.